What is up, Devil fans? It is All-Star break. The Devils win another nail-biter in Dallas. And Jack Hughes is officially an MVP candidate. Welcome, everybody. I am your host, Bill Botch, and welcome to another episode of The Trap Podcast. It is January 29th, Sunday. The Eagles have just won the NFC Championship. And, uh, yeah, I'm not so happy about that. Anyway, um, so, yeah, so uh, the last time I left you guys, we had... uh, What the hell happened? It was the game before Nashville. um, And... Yeah, the Devils ended up going into Nashville on Thursday night. Oh, it was the it was the Vegas game on Tuesday night where uh, Dougie Hamilton had two goals and the Devils won in overtime. A lot of overtime going on if you're a Devils fan nowadays. But so the Devils ended up winning in overtime. Dougie Hamilton scored in the last minute of the game, and uh, they, it was a great win. So then Thursday, they hit the road. They ended up going to Nashville, and it was a disaster of a game. So um, Dallas, they, they had to play Dallas on back-to-backs on Friday. First of all, Nashville, we haven't beat Nashville in the last eight games. Um, John Himes, out of everybody, has our number, and it's, it's kind of frustrating because I, I don't see – I mean, UC Saros is sick, and they have a couple of good – Roman Yossi is obviously incredible – but it's not like that lineup is stacked. Our defensive breakdowns were totally out of control. It was a really sloppy game. We were totally outplayed. And I was a little concerned because we were going to play Dallas the following night. And Dallas is one of the best teams in the league. They're filled with young superstars. Jake Ottinger is an amazing goalie. And Miro Heiskinen and uh, Robertson. And I thought... If the Devils don't get their game together, they could get run out of the building in Dallas. Well, they definitely played much, much better, and they had a really solid game um, from Vitek Vanacek that allowed them and kept them in the game. And the Devils were able to pull off a overtime victory by none other than Jack Hughes. Bratt takes it forward. Ace gonna knock it away from him. Bratt finds Hughes with space. Hughes lets it go. He scores! A fitting way to close out the first half. Jack Hughes' 33 goals this year send the Devils to the break. Winners! Yeah, it was it was an incredible goal by Jack Hughes. He kind of got a lucky deflection off of the defenseman stick that beat Ottinger. And um, it was good to see Miles Wood get on the board. Miles Wood has had a really long stretch where he's been scoreless, and it was about time he contributed to the team. So, um, so it was it was a good win. I mean, I was really surprised because I kind of thought that that was going to be a really tough game for the Devils, and they were able to pull it through. So, uh, what we're gonna do is I have a special guest for us. We have my uh, my old man. We're gonna call him Pickle. He's on the uh, he's gonna be on the the podcast with us for this episode, and he's gonna contribute and give us some thoughts. So, uh, welcome to the show, Pickle. Hey, hey. 
What's going on, Dad? Nothing. Just got them watching uh, Carolina beat Boston. That oh God! Depressing. Yeah, it was like it's like the one time that we need uh, Boston to win, and you, you obviously you can't rely on them. Um, yeah. so, so we're about halfway through um, the year. It's it's a little more than halfway, obviously. So we're forty nine games into the year. The Devils already have sixty eight points. We are in second place in the Metro. Um, Carolina has a four point lead on us. And we have a six-point lead on the Rangers. We've all played 49 games. So we're all there. And you have to be happy with what we've seen in the first half of this season. This has been one of the most exciting seasons uh, the Devils have have played in over a decade. And even back when they were winning, this is still a little more impressive and more exciting uh, just type of game that they're playing than they played in years past. So... We're going to go through and we're going to bring up a couple of the games, what I thought were the top five games of the first half of the season. And, um, Dad, feel free to, to chip in. Um, but so I went through and I looked at some of the games. I was at like pretty much most of the home games. And um, there was a lot of nail biters, which kind of scares me because it's one of those things to where it's a lot of one-goal games. If you were to flip half of those one-goal games, which we didn't, we won them, but you worry about not-so-dominating performances that you squeak one out. Um, if it happens regularly and your shooting percentage is very high, you worry about if you don't get some of that puck luck, what it could look like, um, what our record could look like. So I went through and... Um, I picked out five games that I thought were were my favorite games of the year. And at five, I have uh, November 17th in Toronto, Yegor Sharangovich from Jack Hughes in overtime. You remember that one, Dad? That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, the the Jack Hughes, the Jack Hughes steal, and then he brings it to the net and ends up kind of like falling on his face. Um, but that was a to me that was a really uh, impressive win versus a really good team on the road, and um. Little do we know that we were going to have quite the um, quite the scene against Toronto just two weeks later when they were to come to Newark for the Thanksgiving Eve uh, debacle. Yeah, that was actually like six days after. Yeah, it, it was it was really close. Um, so then I went through and I looked at um, a couple more games. Number four, I have the Devils coming back to beat. The San Jose Sharks just about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, Nico Heischer scores. Hamilton with 12 seconds. Here's Hughes with 10. Uh, Hughes, Hughes scores scores! with eight Deflected seconds left. Front, and the Devils tie it with 8.6 to go. Unbelievable. 
We've had a lot of these ones recently. It was hard to pick because we've had so many games where the Devils have scored in the final seconds of the game, especially on that West Coast road trip that we just got over. Um, but Jack Hughes scores with eight seconds left, and they go into overtime, and the Devils win that one in a shootout. That was um, that was one of my that was one of my picks. What are your thoughts on the West Coast road trip, Dad? The West Coast road trip was wild. I mean, they were they could have lost a couple of those games. They should have, but they didn't. And and um, we got some good goaltending, which we'll we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but those games are really exciting, and it's it's kind of nice to get a really good game when you're staying up till one o'clock in the morning. So at least it made it worth our while. I was pretty happy with that. Coming in at number three. Let's see what we got here. I got uh, January 24th. Just recently, Dougie Hamilton scores two goals in the last minute of the game. He scores to tie, and then in overtime. Submarines and tries to get past McNabb. So this is obviously the Jack Hughes face against the boards behind the back pass goal. Um, And also, you know, you got to remember that Dougie had just won the game uh, a couple nights, days before versus Pittsburgh in overtime. So he had that game winning goal in overtime versus Pittsburgh, same kind of play, a big one timer from the, from the point. And then, he scores with under a minute left versus Vegas, and then he scores the game-winning goal off of a beautiful feed from Jack Hughes. Now, I was like sitting on the same side as the boards that Jack Hughes got plastered against, so I couldn't really, I didn't really notice like what had happened. Um, and I know you brought it up to me after the game, and you were saying like, "What a pass!" And I was like, "It kind of just looked like the puck just kind of sprung free to to Hamilton, but." It really was. It was that was a that was a pretty amazing play, and he definitely got a lot of uh, recognition around the league. A lot of eyes were on that, and he's PK Subban was a lot of you know he helped out too <laughs> because he kind of jumped on the bandwagon too. And yeah, he was supporting. yelling heart trophy, heart trophy. Yeah, so <laughs> um, that was uh, that was a good one, and that's and Vegas is a good team too. So the next one i got is another west coast game it is in edmonton and the devils score two goals in seven seconds to win in the third period with three minutes left and it starts with graves um he kind of does like a flying through the air bobby orish type goal and then off the face off it comes to Jesper Bratt on a design play, too. And Jesper Bratt fires it home with three minutes and 12 seconds. And now here come the Devils again. A great chance, and Jesper Bratt scores! The Devils lead! Are you kidding me? What a stretch pass. <laughs> How many times have you heard Dano yeah. say that? The Devils lead yeah. four to three. We hadn't heard Dano's not going to be able to broadcast much longer if they keep playing games like this. His voice is going to be shot. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a sick game. I mean, obviously Edmonton is um, is a favorite to to go to the Stanley Cup. I mean, they haven't really they haven't really looked like themselves that much this year. Let me let me pull it up. 
Yeah, so, I mean, they got 60 points. They're going to turn it on, though. Edmonton's, Edmonton's due. Um, they went out, and they got Jack Campbell, and uh, it's a hard place to play. Anytime you play against the best player in the world and Leon Dreisaitl, it's going to be tough. And then, I mean, it has, this has to be the, the best game of the year so far. Um, I was there with Bo. And I know which one it is. Yeah, this one, <laughs> this one was incredible. So the Devils were down by two goals against the Rangers at home. They tie it up, and it goes into overtime, and Damon Severson... Puts one past Igor Shesterkin. Oh man, that was so sick, and I was so happy for Severson too. Like he had, he had just gotten. Uh, healthy scratch and he gets so much flack from the devil's fans. And, um, you know, he's just been around a long time and his days in New Jersey are numbered. And for him to score that goal, it meant so much to him. You could tell that was the most awkward goal celebration I've ever seen in my life. Um, but I guess that's what happens when you're fired up. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, those are my top five games of the first half of the year so far. Um, do you have any that stick out or any that I didn't bring up that, um, that well, come to one, mind? one of the games that wasn't real exciting, um, you know, it wasn't a come from behind victory. Um, the Islander game, Yep. the, the Islander game, when they first got started on their winning streak, they outshot them 42 to 16. And it was like, the most dominating game I think I've ever seen the Devils. A hundred percent. I could not agree more. The, the Islander game was the most, that was the most well-rounded game that the Devils franchise has played in forever. Yeah. Um, they look so fast. Yeah. It, it was really good. And, um, and another game that kind of is, is like a little under the radar, but I think if you don't win this game, the entire season is different is, the game on um, October 18th versus the Ducks. So game three, we had lost the two. The fire land, the fire Lindy chants are going off, and we're down two to nothing. And uh, and the vibe was not good in Newark by any means. And uh, the Devils score four in a row, four in a row to win four to two, and go on that crazy 13 game winning streak that was a, that was a big one if they lose that game the entire season could have fell a lot differently yeah for sure how many games have they won being down two goals yeah you know, it's a it's really amazing how they can come back yeah they have confidence yeah they're never out of a game sometimes i just wish that they would just play the way they play in the third period a little bit earlier they have been known to getting off to a little bit of a slow start. Um, but you see these games, even the, some of the games that they've lost, once the the third period rolls around and they pull the goalie, um, they kind of feel like they're going to score. That's the kind of vibe you get from them. Yeah. How about the Ranger game at the Garden? 
Like they were down by two goals five minutes into the game. Yeah, they the, the problem with that game for the Rangers was they scored too early. Yeah. Um, that was a that was a great game. And one of the things that was so cool about that game was the amount of devil fans that showed up to the garden and getting the Igor chance going in the garden. And that's kind of been one of the storylines that um, has kind of came to my attention throughout this season is the amount of devil fans that have traveled for games. And, you know, I've always, I remember growing up and the devils were in the playoffs and they weren't selling out games in the playoffs. And for the past couple of years, we haven't been competitive the building has been half empty. Uh, I'm a season ticket holder. It sucks going to games when there's no energy in the building. And there has been, there has been a good turnout for, you know, since the devils have turned this year around, but the, it's been really impressive. The amount of people that are traveling on the road, um, especially out in California, you saw the, the amount of people that were at the, the Anaheim and the Kings game. So that's really cool. It's good to see that, uh, Devil fans are kind of coming out of the woodwork after a 10-year slumber. Yeah, for sure. When we went to the uh, Panther game, there were a lot of Devil fans in the stands. Yeah, you would think that there's going to be some Devil fans down in Florida, some snowbirds down there. Now, um, a couple of things that I we would talk about some players, some players that have impressed um, and have kind of gotten us to this position that we're in in the standings through the first half of the season. And some of it's going to be kind of obvious, but we're going to talk about biggest surprise players. And to me, it's three players. And I'll start in net with Vitek Vanacek. Without Vitek Vanacek, the Devils are definitely not in second place in the Metro right now. They do not win 13 games in a row. He has embraced... New Jersey, the fans have embraced him. He's become he like his personality is exploding at this point between the hibachi and talking about himself in the third person and um, some of these incredible saves that he's made where he's diving across. He made he made an insane save the other night. He dove across the net and used his paddle to deflect the puck. Yeah. But night after night, this guy has kept us in a game and kept us in games. The team definitely plays really well in front of him, which you're, you're, you know, it's kind of been a, um, a topic of conversation lately between why does it seem like the Devils are playing so poorly defensively in front of Mackenzie Blackwood compared to v- Vitek Vanacek? Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? No, but, but you could see it. It's really obvious. It, um, they really, they, they have confidence in Vitek. And I, I, for some reason, they're just playing solid defense in front of them. Yeah. Whenever they need him, he's, you know, he's right there. Yeah. I don't know why they would have breakdowns in front of Blackwood though. Like it doesn't make sense. And if you look at just the numbers, when Blackwood's in net, they give up a ton more shots and ton more high scoring, high danger scoring chances. I think Blackwood has actually played pretty damn good these past couple games. He's just kind of, he's seen a lot of pucks. Um, But Vitek Vanacek has been the clear number one, obviously, in net. And if his numbers were like this for his career, now, mind you, he was playing for Washington, which has a pretty good defensive core. 
um, a bunch of veterans over there between uh, John Carlson and Dmitry Orlov. They play a good defensive game. Um, so I, I wasn't sure what to expect of him when he was going to be a, a 1A or a 1B, and then he was going to have the Devils defense in front of him because we haven't been that good. But he went from, in 2021, he was a 2.67 goals against average and a nine a point nine zero eight save percentage. In 2020, he was a 2.69 and a 908. This year, he's a 2.29 and a 917. And that's a pretty huge difference when you're talking about the first team that gets to, to three goals wins. And the Devils can score. So if he keeps us under three goals, the Devils have a really good chance every night. Vitek Vanacek, to me, has been uh, one of the... He's been part of the foundation of this team. And I'm curious to see what the situation is going to be with him moving forward when it's time for him to get a new contract, what that's going to look like, and how long he plans on sticking around in New Jersey. Yeah, I hope he sticks. Um, next up is Dougie Hamilton. So Dougie Hamilton played in 62 games last year. He had a broken jaw. He had a broken foot at one point, or whatever he said, a fractured bone in his foot. And he had nine goals and 30 points. Now, obviously, last year was not Dougie's finest performance, and we know that he was a better player than what he showed last year. And the face, the facial injury, obviously, it definitely, he felt impacts from that. But this year, he's played in 49 games. He has 13 goals, and he has 46 points and is in the conversation for the Norris Trophy. Dougie Hamilton has scored not just 13 goals, but very meaningful goals. Like he has been so clutch for us. And during that 13 game winning streak, he tilted the ice every time that they were out there and definitely was a leader and a huge addition on the back end that we haven't seen from a devil's defenseman in a really long time. What are your thoughts on Dougie? Well, he's, I, I really wanted him when he was out there as a free agent I knew he was good, but he he's never played this good. I mean, he's got 46 points already. Uh, his best year was in Calgary. I think he had 50. He's got 13 goals already. So he he is a big surprise. Yeah, you got to remember, too, with him is it, it was never a question about his talent or anything. He got moved around a lot. So he, you know, he's played for this is he's played on four teams, and he's yeah. only twenty seven years old. You know what I mean? So no one ever really totally believed in him and gave him, you know, knew that wanted Number to made role. him the franchise defenseman. Yeah, that never came yeah. across, and he's finally he's grabbed the bull by the horns, and he looks like a beast back he's there. Embraced it. Yeah, he he's sick, and then obviously the biggest surprise um, is Jack Hughes and. Obviously, he has 49. Uh, he has in 49 games last year, he had 26 goals and he played. He's had 49 games this year, he's got 36 goals. But the most impressive thing is he had 165 shots, he has 220 shots this year. So he's seen like, you know, roughly a 30% increase in shots. 
also, you have to really love the way that he's protected the puck more this year than he did last year. So he was he's always been a creative kid. He could skate like the wind. He's got really good hands. But sometimes he would make very questionable decisions with the puck in, his, in the defensive end. I feel like he's kind of cleaned that up. He's talked about it, how in the offset offseason he wanted to focus more on his defensive game. I don't think he's ever going to be a strong a really strong defensive player by any means, but he definitely, and I, I th- actually thought in the beginning of the year, he turned the puck over too much in the, in his own end, but it seems like, and it was weird because he looked like he turned it on when the devils went into their losing streak. So he, he was producing during the winning streak, but he still looked like he was a little off in my opinion. And then during the losing streak, he really stood out was the only guy scoring but he also was a lot more responsible with the puck. And now he looks like he, he, you know, he's hit another level. And I hope that this just keeps propelling him. He's broken through, you know, the glass ceiling of what he was capable of. And he's a clear candidate for the most valuable player in the league halfway through the season. Yeah. And he wasn't supposed to be the goal scorer. He was supposed to be the guy setting everybody up. You know, when he was in juniors, he was setting Coalfield up. I never saw him as being the the goal scorer that he's turned into. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Kane scored a lot of goals. Um, anybody that's got that much talent is going to put pucks in that. So he he doesn't really he never really had a huge shot, um, but. He's found a way. He shoots. He's definitely very accurate. He shoots from really strange angles. He catches goalies off guard. He's quick, um, and and it's it's working for sure. There's going to be some interesting. Now they're going to have to get him some help. Um, the Devils are in a really good position, but I still think that they are a couple players away from being a legit Stanley Cup contender. It's not far either. I mean. They can play with anybody, obviously, but you're not going to be trying to beat somebody in one night. You're going to be playing them in a seven-game series. And if you want to win the Cup, you're going to have to play Carolina. You're going to have to play Boston. You're going to have to play Toronto out of the East, and that's going to be really tough. So the additions, obviously, Timo Meyer has been the biggest um, name in, in towards the trade deadline. And... Uh, on Friday, Elliot Friedman brought the Devils up again, and he also brought up Vladimir Tarasenko. Now, there was a lot of talk about Tarasenko last year, and it never came to fruition, but this was on Friday's uh, 32 Thoughts podcast where Elliot Friedman brings up the Devils. Depending on Stone's injury, but I, I thought that was an interesting theory. Uh, you know, we mentioned Tarasenko earlier, uh, with the uh, Islanders. I think the Devils have also talked about Tarasenko in the past. I'm under the impression, and someone will tell me if I'm wrong, that when St. Louis was trying to see if they could get Matthew Kachuk in the summer, one of the things they had to do was figure out how to trade Tarasenko. Like, he wasn't going to go to Calgary, and Calgary wasn't interested in him, but I do think that one of the things that was discussed was if St. Louis got Kachuk, would Tarasenko end up in Jersey? Now, that ended up being moot because he went to Florida, mm-hmm. but I think that was discussed. 
you know, the other thing about St. Louis is, you know, the Meyer stuff really heated up since our, our last podcast. I think New Jersey has some legit interest there. I think he's right up their alley. As far as this time, I don't think that New Jersey has been able to, to talk to Meyer's camp, but I think the Devils feel that good players are going to want to stay there. You know, they, if especially if you're a winger, you, you're going to get a chance to play with a Hughes or a Hisher. Mm-hmm. I think the Devils are willing to bet on themselves. Like, and I've heard that they are very interested in Meyer, and I'm really curious to see where that goes. Like, I thought Horvat maybe to the Devils, but it doesn't really make sense because, you know, as we said, they have Hughes. Sorry, I thought about Horvat possibly to the Devils, but it really doesn't make sense because they have Hughes and they have Heischer. And does it really make sense for Bo Horvat when he's going into unrestricted free agency to either be a third-line center or play on the wing? Hmm. I'll tell you what, what's one of the best plays we saw all week long? So, I mean, for this, this is like, to me, this was literally like one of the greatest things that you could hear anybody who, I mean, Elliot Friedman is the best in the game. When you hear that he thinks that the Devils are willing to bet on themselves and that players are going to want to stick around and players are going to want to come and play with a Jack Hughes and a Nico Heischer and and play on the wing for one of those guys and that they'll potentially, people will take less money or we think that we don't have to offer maybe as good of a package or kind of drop our pants the way we have. In previous years, we were offering... We were offering free agents and making trying to make trades and offering, especially free agency. Free agency, we were offering people more money and they were going to other places because they didn't want to come here and lose. And now we have leverage for the first time in forever with Jack Hughes, Heischer, Hamilton, and now you have Luke Hughes come in who had four goals the other night. Um, and, you know, his coach is saying he's going to fit right in and Ryan Ozinski on NJ.com kind of wrote a really cool article and said that, you know, Hughes is going to be playing on the Devils sooner rather than later. You have Simone Nemitz. You have a lot going on. I think if the Devils do make this move, they're saying Timo Meyer wants $9 million a year. If you're able to get Timo Meyer for, let's say, $8 million a year, it opens the door to a lot of possibilities. He is like, you know, they talk Tarasenko. Tarasenko is a very similar type of player. He's really big, thick, wide guy with a crazy shot and plays a very powerful game. And um, Tarasenko's a couple years older. He's had a couple injuries, which is really concerning. He's 31 years old. I don't know if the Devils are going to want to sign him long-term. He still definitely has a lot of game left in him. He would be a good veteran presence. He is a tank. I mean, they call him, you know, the tank. But um, if the Devils can somehow manage to to figure out a deal to get Meyer, I think it's going to really propel this team, and you're going to have other players that want to come and play with them, and then... I know we've talked about this at length, and I don't want to get into an argument over it, but I think it's going to maybe make Jesper Bratt and his agent kind of think like, shit, like 
this team is on the cusp of doing something really special right here. I do have the luxury of playing alongside. Um, I'm assuming him and Nico at this point are very close friends. And um, this is a place that I could picture myself playing and being very successful and hopefully winning some Stanley Cups moving forward. Maybe I'll take a little bit less, a little bit of a hometown discount rather than getting into another one of these long, drawn-out um, negotiations between him and his agent. One of the things is like Tom Fitzgerald has Brat as a restricted free agent. So Brat doesn't have really that many rights. This is the last contract before he'll have to go into unrestricted free agency. And I don't think he wants to see it get to that point. But I think if you were able to go out and get a Meyer, and then I wouldn't be surprised if they got one other piece. I know I read an article that said that Vancouver was interested in Damon Severson. Now, that's somebody who I wouldn't want to move at the deadline if you planned on making a real playoff run. But if you went out and got Meyer and you needed to free up cap space and you needed another piece in your top six, you could potentially maybe make a move for a Brock Besser and he could play alongside one of your centers and then maybe you can move one of your kids up. You know, I'm talking about Luke Hughes and he can like move into... Um, into the defensive role. Now they put now Luke Hughes plays on the left side, so it, it is a little different. But my point is that you're gonna end up Severson's gonna be moved anyway. So you could move him and let Vancouver talk extension with him, and then you can get Besser with two more years left on his contract to play on your wing with one of your stud centers. So um what are your thoughts on the whole Timo Meyer? Um, that the whole situation about adding players or subtraction of players prior to the trade deadline. Well, subtracting is going to be hard, but adding Timo Meyer, that would be a good thing for us. And I see him playing with Hughes, even though I know that Nico played with him in the juniors and stuff. You know, they're both, uh, Swiss kids, but um, I think that he would definitely be scoring a lot more goals than Halla for sure, and even if they move Plot down with him. Yeah, well, you could move you could move Plot to Hughes's line if you wanted you to. You could, and you know, if you were to do that, you could potentially put. Um, if they did get Besser, you could do Palat, Hughes, and Besser. Or you could do, I think I would try to give the H2O line again um, and do Hughes, Holtz, and Palat. But I don't think that that's going to happen. And I think that Holtz might be a part of, might be a trade chip that comes along with get acquiring a guy like Timo Meyer if that ever comes to possibility. So, like, realistically, I've seen a lot of different trade scenarios. Um, you're obviously giving up. Your, you're giving up a first round pick for sure. Obviously, yeah. Wouldn't you think that we have the best chance of getting first shot at him? I mean, our we have a lot of youth. You know, we have a lot of prospects. We probably have more prospects than anybody else that's interested in him. So we would be able to put together a good package for San Jose 
Yeah, we could. It's just about what do you want to really let go? Who do you want to let go of? Like, who are you comfortable parting ways with? Well, I think you're you're talking about a first round pick, and if you had to give up halts, you know we do have depth in D too. We have Walsh. You know we have uh, Ball. Even though I think Ball's, he's gonna you know he's got a future. Yeah, he'll he'll be an NHL player, but yeah, I mean we sure. we might not have a spot for him anyway. And exactly. if you can keep Muhammad Doolin, that could be, he's going to be coming over to North America. He's, he's announced that already. So that's kind of exciting. I mean, he's a guy that's just been floating around in Russia, playing out there for a while and kind of under the radar. So you're going to have between Nemitz and Holtz, uh, Nemitz and uh, Hughes and Seamus Casey, and Muhammad Doolin. And you got four, you know, you got, four picks that were taken in the first two rounds, um, you know, three of which were, were taken per- fairly highly. So you have some serious talent that is cooking, waiting to come up. Um, Ball might be a guy that you can, that you can part ways with uh, in order to make something like that, like that happen. There's been a lot of talk. I mean, you've heard about Sharon Govich. Um, I w- wouldn't be surprised if, if San Jose wanted somebody, they wanted more than Holt. So they wanted a first and something more um, and another B-level prospect. I think, like, if it's up to me, I'm actually, I'm playing Holt. I think Holt should be in the lineup. And I, I, I don't see how Wood deserves a spot. The kid has too much talent. He, he He's and shoot the puck like nobody's business. I don't know. L- Lindy Ruff clearly has a problem with him. So if you're not going to play him and you're not going to let him play in Utica and let him develop, you really are ruining the kid at this point. So it might be your it might be best to to part ways with them. I mean, if you think about it, you'd be parting ways with somebody who adds no value to your team right now because they're not on the ice ever and they're not playing in the AHL either. Um, a first round pick. So that's not a player that you have yet. And if you're picking in the first round, it's going to be a late round pick. And if we were to pick somebody, we would be hoping to get somebody as good as Meyer. So um, I, I don't see, it seems like a, there's a lot of dots that are connected. He fits in perfectly with what we're trying to do. I'm trying to get him for less than $9 million. I'm trying to tie up Brat, and I'm I'm probably adding more. I'm probably adding another wing or two. Well, it's it's nice that he he plays a heavier game, and I think that's why Wood stays in the lineup, and he won't let Holtz break in. I mean, we talked about this in the very very beginning of the year. We were saying how Zetterlin has a better chance than Holtz um, and how Mercer last year had a better chance than him too. It's, you know, he's got that shot, but you can move Mercer up and down the lineup and you could do the same thing with Zetterlin. Although I'd like to see Zetterlin play more physical because I, I, 
I think that could be a big part of his game. And I don't think that he really does play, you know, to his potential when it comes to that. Yeah. Do you see him as a big physical player? Who? Zetterlin? Zetterlin. Well, he's clearly built very big. But... He's built to be it, but he does isn't playing it. Yeah. That was like Zaka. You always thought Zaka could be a little more physical. You know, he was a really big kid, 6'3", 215. Well, well Zaka's been just fine in Boston. He has. And, you know, Zaka's a whole, that's a, ugh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Devils are not the best at developing their kids. You know, it, they threw Jack Hughes into the friggin' water, too, and just was like, learn how to swim, dude. We did the same thing with Nika. Yeah, they, they, they haven't they haven't been best, the best at developing their kids, and I think a lot of it's because uh, we had, you know, especially when Fitzgerald took over, um, or even Shiro, they had they had no prospects. They had nothing. They didn't have draft picks. They didn't have any high end prospects. They had to re- literally start from zero. Lou left them in the worst position possible. It's pretty much exactly what he's doing in the island right now, which he's going to lose his job for sure. Um, but he just traded away all your young assets, all your picks to try to make a run, and that's why I'm I'm really hoping that. Um, and I don't, I think Fitzgerald's smart enough. He's not going to like trade away anybody for a rental. And that's smart because we still have a ton of years where we're going to be in our prime and there's no need to do that right now. You don't have to try to force it. Um, and that would be one of the great things about Meyer is he would be around long time, He, you know, long-term. I would love to see that. So um, there's a couple things I'm looking forward to coming up. A couple games that I have circled on the on the calendar. One of them is the Devils play in Toronto, or the Devils play at home versus Toronto on March 7th. And oh my God, the Toronto fan base is notoriously like the most awful fan base and, and annoying fan base in the NHL, and they do not fail to to prove them that right um the the game on thanksgiving eve the beer tossing game the the leaf fans were just so brutal and i mean there's a there's a million of them but man they were so brutal i am looking forward to them coming back and i just hate the leafs i hate mitch marner i don't like austin matthews i hate um matt murray knocking the net off all the time. It's like the Leafs are, How he doesn't get the Leafs are for that. so entitled. I, I, I can't stand them. Um, so I have that game circled. I think there's a really big stretch of games in March where the Devils have three games in six nights versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, you know, you start getting into the middle of the March. I mean, the, the good teams are playing for playoff uh, we're, you know, they're trying to, they're playing for the playoffs. They're trying to win home, take home ice advantage, shit like that. And playing three games against 
uh, former Stanley Cup champion team, a team filled with veterans that knows how to play the right way. They play really good down the stretch. Um, depending on what happens in those three games, it'll be a good litmus test for the Devils going into the playoffs. I think if they were to lose all three of those games, it could scare them a bit. But if they were to win two of three or, I don't know, keep it really close and they're going to be dogfights. Anytime you play three teams in six nights, there's going to be some, some stuff's going to boil over. And um, I think that's going to be a good test for the Devils and a good measuring stick come March. Yeah, we got Carolina right before that too. And then you got the Panthers in between it. Yeah, so, so that's, that's going to be, be a tough week. Yeah, that's going to be really tough. March is a, is a really tough month. Then we have uh, the Rangers play in Newark on March 30th, which is the last time we play them for the year. And, um, and if the season was to end today, the Devils would play the Rangers in the first round of the playoffs. So the Rangers got off to a slow start, and they have definitely creeped their way back up the standings. They look pretty good. Shesterkin is back to his form. Um, and what I worry about is Carolina, Toronto, and New York are all going after Meyer as well. Yeah. And I do believe that we have the best chance, um, and I think he makes the most sense for us, and I think we have the most assets. But it is very tempting to want to play in – New York City and Madison Square Garden or play in Toronto in the biggest hockey market in the world. Those are very intriguing um, places. So I'm hoping that Fitzgerald is able to make something happen. Obviously, his brother is involved in the, the San Jose organization. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they can make it work. I'm curious to see what they give up. You know, I think I think San Jose would love to get Mercer, and I don't think the Devils should get rid of Mercer. That would be no. They should. He he's a keeper. He hasn't missed a game since last. You know, opening night last year. Yeah, I know, and it's like he he he's like a lovable. He's a devil at heart. He just looks like a guy that's going to play on the team for a really long time and play our kind of hockey. He reminds me of an old school devil, but he reminds me of John Madden, just a hard hat player. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's definitely, um, he's a heart and soul guy. I don't know. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him put up a couple more points. There's, there's times where he disappears for a while. And that's kind of one of the things that I was, when me and you were talking that I was saying about Timo Myers, he doesn't miss games. The guy plays in every game, and that's kind of a big deal. Like, and he's not, you know, he hasn't done it for four years. He's been doing it for, you know, six or seven years to where he plays in 70-plus games every year. So having a guy that plays a physical game and is durable is a big deal. That's a, you know, it's a, it's a real big deal. We know what it's like. You know, Nico has missed a lot of time. It's like yep. Hamilton missed time. Hughes has missed Hughes time. missed a bunch of time. Yeah. I mean, Blackwood has missed a ton of time. We know what it's like to have players that are susceptible to injuries and are injury prone. Getting a guy that's going to come in here and not miss any games is going to be a very consistent score. Is going to be there every night. That's the kind of, kind of a big deal. 
especially when playoffs roll around. He's going to be a good playoff player, and that's what we need. We need playoff players. So um, what do you got? You got anything else, Dad? Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Smith? What happens <laughs> towards the end of the year? You know, they keep Smith in there, or, you know, do you give a guy like Luke Hughes a chance? I think when Marino comes back, um, depending on what happens with Severson, Luke Hughes is going to play. Luke Hughes is going to play, like, flat out. As soon as the season's over, he's going to be right, playing for the Devils. You don't think that they're going to let him go over nine games, do you? Well, it's going to be April, so it's going to be the playoffs. It's not going to matter. Okay. Yeah, you can play in the playoffs, and it, it doesn't take a, it. It doesn't count as a year. So, his his first year won't be till next year. But he, you know, because you figure they only play a couple games in April. So let's say he plays like five or six games. Let's see. Right. Um. But Brandon Smith sucks. Everybody knows that. You know, I brought, I, I brought it up a lot. Um, four, six. They got seven games in April. So you don't have to worry about that. He's going to – I think he's definitely going to come. It's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on what happens with Severson. I mean, he's so bad. He uh, – He it, is, but I, he's another guy like Wood – that I think Ruff likes, you know, he's just, he likes the guys that play a, uh, a heavier game. I don't know if he likes him because he, he doesn't really have other options. So like right now, Uhutuk and Ball don't look like consistent, reliable NHL players on a team that's trying to make a playoff run. And they're not. And, they're not. and it's like, at least Brendan Smith's been around. That's what he's thinking. Right. And he's like, all right, at least this guy's just, he's a pro. If nothing else, whether he's good or not, he's a pro. And he's just like, just, we're going to like roll with him until we have a better option. What yeah, I did. Predator game. It broke my heart to see a uh, who have such a bad game. It, it was all, the guy is it was really, all, it was all of them. It really was. They were, they were brutal. Well, they, yeah, it was all of them, but he kind of stood out. And he's like, he's a guy, he's a devil, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, we need Marino back. We definitely need him back. Our defense has gotten sloppy and yep. we, and we need to, we need to use having good defensemen leads to good transition. And that's where we excel because of our speed. And it's like, if you start getting hemmed in your own zone or you're making bad passes out of your own zone, everybody's turned up ice and you're making a bad pass and it's going the other way. And we, we saw a lot of that on Thursday night. It was freaking brutal. You got to, the devils have to play better if they want to be a serious contender than they have over the past month. We've won a lot of games, but we've been outshot. Scoring chances have not been in our favor. Um, we take, too many penalties. Our goaltending has kept us in all these games. Yeah, being a team that that has the best record for coming from behind 
down two goals. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, you don't want to be the team yeah. that has to that's known for they score with the goalie pulled in the last minute of the game. Yeah, week. exactly. Like, like that gets a little old. I don't. I'm it's gonna, very exciting though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've sat down for a third period in the past two weeks. <laughs> I'm gonna be bald by the time the season's over. It's like I can't do it anymore. But um. Uh. But yeah, there's gonna be this is gonna be uh, interesting. We got a week off. I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. It's like I know that's it's gonna sucks. be hard. I'm probably gonna just like make a ton of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah, it's gonna be fun. The second half of the season is gonna be great. It's gonna be the first time in forever that the Devils are in the playoff hunt and we're making a playoff. It's not a playoff push. We're in the playoffs scenario we're playing for home home ice we're talking about acquiring some new players we got some prospects that we know are going to be coming up can you imagine having two hughes brothers now that's going to be insane um we're going to do some podcasts i'm going to do a podcast from costa rica for a couple a couple podcasts it's going to be kind of cool um we're going to do one um from montana which is kind of cool and then obviously uh, New Jersey, or even thinking about trying to make it to Montreal um, for the game on March 11th. So there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up in the second half of the season. Um, I'm not really a I'm not really an All Star game guy or a skills competition guy. I think it's a little corny, but um, either way, the Devils' next game is February 6th versus the Vancouver Canucks. Quinn Hughes will be in town. The Vancouver Canucks are a disgrace to the league and very dysfunctional hockey franchise. So you would like to think that the Devils could try to pounce on them, maybe get a good look at a Brock Besser while they're in town. Um, And who knows, but there's going to be some action coming up soon as far as personnel movement. And I can't wait for it to happen because I'm sick and tired of checking the internet freaking 10 times a day. But, um, yeah, you got anything else, Dad? I got nothing. Yeah, it's um, it's exciting now. It's, I'm looking forward to the second half. It's going to be good, yeah. So, I guess it'll be. I guess I'll talk to you guys after the All Star game, unless we get some uh, some trades coming in. Maybe we'll have a little. Timo Meyer podcast soon. Anyway, from the trap, Bill Botch and his old man signing off. Pickle out. Oh,